0: This podcast is a project of the Massachusetts Cultural Council, a state agency committed to building creative communities and inspiring creative minds. Art can sometimes, and I think, and, I think, and we've talked about this, the word "art center" can sometimes be intimidating to certain populations. And and has gone through some socioeconomic issues in the past, so we're out in the community, we're free, and we're fun too. I mean, it's not it, it's high quality, but not highbrow.
1: Hello, I'm Anita Walker, executive director of the Massachusetts Cultural Council and welcome to Creative Minds Out Loud. Our guest today is Patrick Norton, he is executive director of the Narrows Center for the Arts and welcome to the program.
0: Thanks for having me, Anita, glad to be here.
1: I know the Narrows is a labor of love for yours in Fall River. Talk to us first a little bit about the Narrows and um, how it's contributing to your community in Fall River and how you've brought it along over the last, what, ten years or so?
0: This marks my 20th year involvement okay, 20 in 20 na- years. <laughs> I mark it by the birth of my first child, so okay. it's something I can easily remember because I say time flies when you're having fun. And I've been having fun for the last 20 years. So it's been a slow build. We've developed it. We've had two spaces, five years in one space, and in the last 15 years we've been in our bigger space on Anawan Street. And I think I really think the Narrow Center for the Arts has put forward on the map as kind of a cultural destination um, because we mix both performing arts, visual arts, And we have educational classes as well. So we do a lot of different things, and we probably have 200-plus events a year. So we're busy.
1: And it's a huge contributor to Fall River. I mean, it's really almost a community center.
0: It is, and it's an economic driver because for our concert, 80% of the people come to our concerts, and we had almost 30,000 people come from outside of a 15-mile radius. So we're a real draw for restaurants, hotels, and because the music business draws people from all over. If, you, if there's an artist that you want to see in a cool venue, people will drive or fly a long way to go to see it. So
1: just rattle off a few that you've had in the last year.
0: Oh, Richard Thompson, Los Lobos, um, Richard Schindel. We mix a lot of from uh, the guys from the Allman Brothers, everything from classic rock to jazz. So we're all over the place. We do about 140 music shows a year and about uh, 8 to 10 different visual art shows.
1: It's fantastic. So one of the things we were really interested in talking to you a little bit more about is the partnership that you have developed to serve developing delayed adults with art and music as an art and music therapy program. Talk about that and also there's employment involved.
0: Yes, I've had the privilege, we work with an organization called People Incorporated and for 10 years I was on the board of directors there so I have an intimate knowledge of what they do and they're an amazing organization that help people with developmental disabilities from birth all the way to throughout their life it's a all-encompassing they do residential they do uh, re- rehab uh, they do vocational and they have a whole work program too putting people to work and it's a fabulous program so uh, I would say about ten years ago we needed someone to clean our space and we needed flexibility and they provide flexibility they'll come you don't, you don't have to schedule them on a day by day, on a week to week basis, cause we're always changing. You call them and they'll come the next day. So it's a great service. So we started with that. And over the last three and a half, four years, they came to me and they wanted to do something with art and music because they knew that we could we we could pull that together and we and they wanted to do it at our facility which i think really makes a big difference so the consumers of people incorporated come to our facilities four days a week we have two art classes and two music classes we service about i don't know twenty to twenty five consumers weekly
1: and what age group is this all ages
0: um... it's adult Mm -hmm. it's adult i would say it's eighteen to sixty five maybe it's a pretty big group and the, and the music groups are smaller than the uh, art groups and I think the, the key to the successful is the teachers that we've employed for the, for the, for the developmental de- disabled groups because we have the music artists that we've had, that we've hired, who play at our sh- concerts are now the teachers at, 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 at our music classes and then we use our visual artists who are in-house because we have art studios as well they are the teachers so they're getting high-end
1: professionals,
0: professionals who, and, and I gotta tell you all four of the teachers it's the best two hours of the week they tell me all the time and it's really something I'm very very proud of what we do
1: so the um, the adults who are in the program do they come to you with previous musical experience do they have skills already or they just are interested in music
0: they're just interested in music we've had um, numerous clients who came in nonverbal that by the end of a by the end of a six-month program were stomping their feet clapping their hands and participating. So our teachers are very good at finding what skills, that they, you know, what skills they can contribute and drawing that out. And, and the self-confidence. Because we don't just do the classes, we do four concerts a year where we have each group comes up and does three or four songs and they invite their parents or people in the community come and it's on our stage with the lights so it's kind of sexy. And we do the same thing with the visual arts. We have two art shows a year. With the consumers, so they, so it's part of it. It's what we do, you know. It's, um, you know, it's it's really um, inspiring.
1: Do you provide any additional uh, resources or training for the musicians or the artists um, in working with these populations?
0: I worked with the artists early on because I had a connection with people incorporated mm-hmm. and kind of gave them the lay of the land and and what the and what the parameters would be would begin to be. But they've really taken that and run with it. The, the music classes, the two music classes are completely different. One of the music classes, they work on songwriting. Mark Cutler, who teaches the classes, he's in the Rhode Island Rock and Roll ha- fame, he's played in bands all over the United States. He teaches songwriting two hours, two different classes, two hours each. And they work on songs.
1: Now, just pause on that a minute. So here's a guy, a great musician, whose career has really been about concertizing and composing and so forth. I'm trying to... Be a fly in the wall the day you said, "I want you to come and teach a class of developmentally disabled adults." How did that conversation go?
0: Well, I've known Mark for a long time, <laughs> and I knew he. I just kind of thought, he, and he was kind of transitioning with jobs. He was doing some different things, and he had he had done a lot of teaching. I knew he'd done, and I know friends who were taking guitar lessons with him. And I knew he'd he had a super soft touch, and it requires a soft touch and patience. It's a lot of work. But he loves it.
1: But he didn't say, I don't know how to do that. I don't think I know how to do that. He didn't say that.
0: You know, he says, I'll figure it out. (laughs) That's how Mark is. You know, musicians and artists are pretty resourceful people. I found that out. A long time ago.
1: Well, and you know, maybe another piece of it is because actually we've seen this in some of our other uh, organizations where they're connecting um, people of various abilities of all kinds with artists, people who've never done art before. And when it comes from the heart, we all have that. Yeah. And we may not be verbal, or we may not be able to navigate, or have, you may have physical barriers to participation. But there is something amazing about an artistic and musical experience that just Finds the common ground.
0: Yeah, and the collaboration between the consumers too. They really get a lot of because they are really in a lot some of the a lot of the art is very collaborative. There'll be 8 or 10 consumers working on one painting. And they'll and they'll work on that painting for weeks at a time where each consumer will go up and the teacher will go, let's work on the, the upper left section today. So I think everybody really feels, and you know, everybody wants to be part of something bigger than themselves. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the things that these classes accomplish.
1: So talk a little bit more about sort of the ripple effect. So you have the adults in the classes and you have the musicians, but you talked a little bit about sort of the public performance, the demonstration of the work, the chance to, Get a little applause. Yeah. What does that mean to the family members?
0: Uh, I, it brings a lot of people to tears. Quite frankly, it's a very emotion. It's a very emotional moment for a lot of the families to see um, their child um, really succeeding and and with smiles on their face and and it, it's and again the collaboration and seeing how the teacher interacts with them while the concert's going on and in the interest level. And I think for a lot of, I don't. I think for a lot of the consumers who come, that's one of the highlights of their week. They look forward because again, you come to the Narrows. It's a cool little spot. There's art on the walls. We have a dedicated classroom for this in our space, so it's like their space. And I think you know they feel important, and they should. They they feel valued, and they should feel valued. That's that's. I think that that was the initial impetus for most of the programs is for is for the the consumers to feel valued.
1: You know, one of the things that we. Um love about the podcast is that people can discover ideas or things that they might want to try that other people are doing well. So if you were going to give some advice to another organization that maybe has a a people incorporated in their community, um, what would be some first steps to think about um, in arranging a partnership like yours?
0: I think one, begin to try to identify some, some teachers. Try to get your te- try to try to get some art, uh, some art artists and some musicians who and, and ask around and see if this would be something they'd be interested in because I think that's the, the key and then you know colla- and then collaborate with the organization find out what their needs are I think that's important it can't be about your organization it has to be about their organization and what their consumers needs and then you try to fill then you try to craft a program to to to, to fit, make them happy and make them successful.
1: Do you think that um, at the end of the day one of the other um, outcomes of this program is positioning this population of developmentally um, delayed adults in the community in a different place? The People will look at them differently.
0: Absolutely. And they come to our concerts. We have a program where we give uh, blocks of tickets to the consumers so they can come to the concerts as well. And they've come to see Mark Cutler perform on our <laughs> stage with his own rock and roll band. So there's a different, so they're like, wow, so they he's my buddy on. Mark and he's on stage and there's 200 people in this place rocking and it's is great. And they're up, you know, dancing, clapping. And it's very, you know, when we talk about mainstreaming the population, it couldn't be, it's seamless, I think, on that level.
1: So this is an exciting program and I really want to thank you for sharing it. Uh, Before we wrap up though, talk to me a little bit more about the Narrows Place in Fall River and how you've really made a difference uh, over the last 20 years.
0: I think art should be accessible and there are not a lot of arts available in Fall River. In fact, there are very little offerings, especially with the multitude that we have and we provide our galleries are free, Wednesday through Saturday, 12 to 5. We've done numerous projects with the schools where every fifth grader in the four of public school system came and, and, and visit our gallery. For partic- we, did, we did the Lego exhibit, which is a phenomenal. But it's a good connection again, where fifth graders come to an art gallery. and it's, it's, They know Legos, but these Legos are so cool. there are, and it's a fun thing. And then they brought their parents back. So again, and art can sometimes, and I think, we're, and I think and we've talked about this, the word art center can sometimes be intimidating to certain populations. And, and Forbes has gone through some socioeconomic issues in the past, but I think we do free arts festivals, we do a block of Palooza. So we're out in the community, we're free, and we're fun too. I mean, it's not, it, it's high quality, but not high brow. So we've tried to adapt to the community because, you know, that's, what, that's, one, that's how we started was very community-based, open mics, you know, very uh, non-juried art shows, and we've kind of involved. And we, and we still have some of those pieces in place. They can't be our everyday offerings because we have got bills to pay and the organizations involved and things like that, but we haven't forgotten where we've come, we've come from.
1: 20 years of passionate work at Fall River. Patrick Norton, executive director of the Narrows Center for the Arts, another one of our creative minds out loud.
0: Thanks for having me here, and it's been a pleasure being here in the Massachusetts Cult- Cultural Council. has been very supportive of us over the years, and we appreciate that. To learn more about this episode and to subscribe, visit creativemindsoutloud.org.